Any questions this evening? I was wondering if you could, what the position of the Ishopanishad was, because I was reading through it and some of the verses were kind of peculiar to me, like the second to last one, whoever the speaker is, is praying that, that the Lord remember everything that I've done for you, you know, before I've known in my body or whatever. And so it, was, it seemed like motivated, you know, there wasn't... Uh, wasn't really bhakti to to say, you know, you know our past, present, and future, so please remember all that I've done for you. Um, this is a devotee praying now. Well, it may be something to do with the, the translation, but I think the uh, the spirit of it is that, that you're the knower of everything, so certainly you won't forget me and my efforts and so forth, so... I think that's kind of natural in a sense to make a, a prayer like that. That um, that said, the Upanishad is one of the Vaishnava Upanishads, one of the older Upanishads, and um, it's very um, good from a Gaudiya perspective in that it amongst the Older Upanishads, which sometimes are given more stress, um, it um, is theistic rather than monistic in its um, emphasis, and so it's pretty clear that in the Upanishads you have these both sides. Hmm? Uh, when I say theistic and monistic, we're speaking about a an ultimate reality that's either in some way um, Well, I want to say an ultimate reality that is that that it constitutes a loving reality or a knowing reality. As I've many times said, you could have a knowing reality, would not necessarily be a loving reality. But to have a loving reality, there has to be some some knowing as well. Um, and when we again, another way of talking about it is 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 the union with the absolute that yoga speaks about, one that is static or dynamic. If it's a static union, it cancels out opposites and there's stillness. If it's a dynamic union, it somehow harmonizes opposites and there's movement. So love is of the nature of the latter. It harmonizes differences. We could have a harmony we could have one note and say, that sounds good. Instead of one note here and one over there and one over there and they're not uh, and they may be conflicting with one another hmm? and so in the name of unity we can just have one note or we could have a concert of many many notes and many many instruments but all playing in harmony hmm? and so the, again the unity or the or the variety the unity the oneness or the difference is there the, is there a oneness in an absolute sense, with the absolute, or is there some some type of difference between ourselves as a unit of consciousness and its and our source between the spark and the fire? So it's a good example because in the spark there's similarity to the fire, but there's a big difference too. You can't heat yourself with a spark. You can't cook with a spark. You need a fire. So they're very different, and very much the same. So you have both these themes, the emphasis on unity and the emphasis on difference. Some people construe Upanishads to be saying only that there's unity between the Atma and, and Brahman, that there's only, there's no real individual um, monads of consciousness. Hmm? Their individuality is only like the individuality of air when you put it inside of a clay pot. As soon as you break the pot, you see that the individuality itself was an illusion. Hmm? So that's one school of thought. It, it says that the consciousness that we're constituted of, 
only has an appearance of being individual relative to the pot, biological and psychological clay pot that it's that it's inside of. And if you come out of that, then it will. It's the fact that that it, that there's only one underlying ground of being, uh, consciousness constituted ground of of being. It's still and. Um, you can't say much about it. Hmm? So that's one perspective. Um, ours is different, of course. And it, it, it doesn't, instead of dismissing the Upanishadic statements that speak about difference, we accommodate them by way of saying that that, that, that the, the difference is also there. And I've given a couple of examples already, how there may be unity and difference. There may be many notes and many instruments. Still, we can have unity. In fact, that's a dynamic unity. Love is, a, as I often say, a unity between you and I. But you don't cancel out I, and I don't cancel out you. You and I become we. It's a different thing. But we're both included in it. Hmm? And it's a, it's a, so it's a dynamic unity. It's not a, a unity that I can do away with everybody in order to have unity. There's only one opinion now, there's a unity. But that is not a dynamic idea of unity. It's not as much of a, a challenge or as beautiful, arguably. So the Vaishnava theistic perspective in Vedanta takes the statements like in the Isopanishad that speak about uh, difference and harmonizes them with statements about unity by way of saying that the unity is, is one in in a sense, in quality, that is, and the difference is one in, in quantity. So there's a, there's a there's a, there's a similarity. The quality of the spark is similar to the quality of the fire, hmm? but the quantity is is, is quite uh, different. Hmm? And of course, Vaishnava philosophy is very sensible in, in this respect, and in that, if we are the spark of consciousness, but our individuality is only a product of our conditioning, our illusion situation. Hmm. How is it that the, the entirety of consciousness, the ground of being, how part, part of it became illusioned? Hmm. If we say that no, the part is not the whole, hmm, and it has the capacity to be illusioned, whereas the whole doesn't, and the whole is complete without its parts, of course, um, then we have a reasonable explanation of our present experience hmm, of being deluded and illusioned to some extent, not perfectly in knowledge, not perfectly happy. Hmm? This is a, where the absolute monism, for example, of Shankar, it has its biggest problem hmm, explaining the material existence. That's an aspect of it the explanation that I just talked about, but the entirety of the presence of material existence. It's very... It's, it's where the philosophy starts to get a little difficult to sell, if you will, absolute monism. Mm-hmm. So, so anyway, Isopanishad, one of the older Upanishads, and it's a theistic Upanishad, and, and I'd have to look at that particular mantra in there, but I, I think, you know, it's it's it's... It's uh, more or less saying, you know everything, so you know everything I've done. Please, you know, don't forget about me. <laughs> Remember it, that, uh, you know, I, I want to make heavy union with you in love. This is my my ideal, something like that. Does that help? Yeah. Yeah, so anyway, the Upanishads is an interesting subject. Obviously, I've gone off on a certain direction. In that, that's the arguably the oldest form of um, revelation in the world, the Upanishads, and um, and there are different schools of Vedanta that that interpret them differently. They all have much in common, and and their their common ground is um, something to unite around in one sense. That there's a difference between the self and the body and and um, our attachment 
are the cause of our problems and their attachments perpetuate the problems by continuing the samsara, the cycle of birth and death and so forth. All these schools that we've done to have this um, kind of ABCs of consciousness in a place and then they differ in terms of the nature of the ultimate uh, reality hmm? to consciousness one but anyway these differences are refined subtle and and um, constitute different interpretations and, and in some respects different experiences also the Gaudiya school is one our school that in particular that acknowledges that the nature of transcendence or enlightenment is varied it has certain common characteristics all the varied experiences hmm? um, that, that constitute enlightenment so that you can just make it up as you go um, but there are uh, different possibilities the basic possibility the Brahman the Paramatma Bhagawan within Bhagawan Aishvarya Gyan Madhurya Gyan within Madhurya Gyan of varieties as well Dasya Sakya Vatsalya Madhurya within those hmm? so many differences as well so it's a very it's a very um nuanced uh, kind of teaching about the nature of uh, transcendence. And, um, and of course the different experiences or attainments within transcendence all are perfect and they all do away with the, 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 the present illusion of the self. Um, and they all are a result of different nuances in the approach so the approaches are nuanced. The result will be slightly different. They say all roads lead to Rome, but in Italy, I know, is it true? Sort of, yeah. It was set up like that originally. That may be the case. But to use that example, with transcendence, all roads lead to transcendence. That's, you know, all the highways, not the back roads, that, you know, that necessarily, uh, not the driveways and so forth. But so there are certain roads that are authentic, real, approved roads, so to speak. They all lead to Rome. They all lead to transcendence. But even using that analogy, hmm, one road will come in in the north, one will come in the south, and where you come in, you'll say, oh, this is Rome. Hmm? You might stay in that north area. It might stay in the south area, or the east, or the west. Hmm? So even that um, analogy, which is sometimes our idea, which is invoked to talk about equality amongst paths in a um, egalitarian, egalitarian, you know, with pluralistic sensibilities, um, still there's room for nuance there. There are different paths and there are different experiences of Rome, hmm? different parts of Rome, different compartments. And, and of course, the transcendence is, is bigger than Rome, so... There are different ways to get there. Now, all the ways to get there all include certain ingredients that are essential. They, they, that's why we say the paths have to be of an ego-effacing nature. Hmm? And that may sound good and interesting, but it's a bitter pill to swallow. Hmm? Um, and we come to the teacher, you know, to, to, uh, to get help in attaining such a path, and he or she may teach... Um, about it authentically and so forth, still through the filter of our understanding, maybe we may come up with um, misunderstandings, especially when we talk about a high thing like bhakti and love and so forth, because it sounds very beautiful and it is, but we are all also, since, you know, since we were born, hmm, humanly speaking, and at some point taken off of our mother's Breast, we've been looking to be returned to that comfortable kind of uh, situation, or sometimes they talk about in the womb, this sheltered. So we're looking for it. In one sense, this is what relation, psychologically speaking, is what relationships are about. That's what we're looking for, hmm? for that. And so when we speak about relationships and transcendence and so on and so forth, it's it's however clearly we may speak about it this emotional and psychological reality of ourselves that's very deep and not even well thought out sometimes is at play and so it in, misinterprets um sometimes what's being said and what's to be expected and um so an, ex- an example of that is of course how we we bring expectations into the 
equation of the guru and disciple relationship that are unrealistic. Hmm? Because the guru is a teacher, he or she teaches the teaching, and so it teaches about love and love and transcendence and so forth and so on. And it's sounding really good. This sounds like a great group, and you know, I'm, but he or she should be underscoring the point at the same time. And I often do, of course. One of the ways in which I do underscore this point is that I talk I talk about love, and then I rephrase it with emphasis, wise love. So the wise is, is, is not a part to forget about. Wise love means that, that what you think you are right now is ignorance. So biological and psychological sense of self is all a bundle of karma and um, it's, it's not you. You are the I am. You are not the I am Swedish, I am Italian, I am Mexicano, Costa Rican... Hmm. Those things can change. Hmm? Today you could be Swedish, tomorrow you could decide to become a Costa Rican citizen and get a passport. And so that can all change. So, um, you can change your sex. So you could be male, and female. so change to be female. So, we, so these things have nothing to do with the sense within us that I am. Hmm? But that I am gets mixed up with I am this or I am that. Hmm? Therefore, the Upanishad said, neti, neti, not this, not that, not this, not that, not this, not that. Hmm? It's speaking about what you are. You're not this, you're not that, in a negative way, obviously. Hmm? But that's wise, because hmm? that's the ignorance, <laughs> that I think I'm this, or I think I'm that, and when I find that I'm not, hmm? then it becomes a problem. Hmm? Hmm? So, and I'm not the body, so the body's going to die. I'm not the mind. The mind's going to change. Um, so I'm in this situation where I've identified was I'm seeking something permanent, warm and fuzzy, and the environment is is actually rather cold, and um, and it's it's not a fuzzy embrace. It's it's constantly uh, changing. The ground is always shifting. I'm looking for firm ground, but the ground is always shifting. And I'm trying to not only stand on it, but dance on it. And it's like, whoa, it keeps falling over. So it's problematic. So this has to be uh, stressed. We could say it in a charming way or thoughtful way or humorous way, but I mean, it's not a humorous affair, actually. It's a tough pill to swallow. That, that what we are is not this or that, but that we are is bigger. That I am is much bigger idea than I am this or that. But to realize that I am and all what that implies, hmm, that I am that which doesn't change. It means to distance ourselves from the ever-changing material phenomena and identify and understand that's not me. Hmm? And the problem that I'm having is identifying with it. And so I can't get any, any standing, any permanence, any firm ground to stand on, but to speak of, to dance upon. Hmm? Hmm. So it's a huge problem, huge problem. And, and only as much as this understanding that I am is much different than I am this or that, and I distance myself from the this or that hmm, through my practice and my theoretical understanding of the, of the teaching and so forth, only to that extent am I in a really position to understand and begin to experience love in transcendence and a a meaningful relationship with the guru and with 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 uh, with the godhead the guru of course is different than the godhead represent representing the teachings like an ambassador accurately but he he's not your mother he's not your father he's not your lover or your psychologist he or she is there to teach these things and some of the teachings are not very there you can understand that they're true but they're not a very um, they're a bitter pill to swallow and to put into practice we can speak beautifully about the nature of transcendence in a charming way but when we speak about what it takes to go there then often people have something else to do hmm? love as I often say is born out of a womb of sacrifice no sacrifice no service no love hmm? so 
So love and transcendence, it's a beautiful idea. Hmm? But um, but it's, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's often misunderstood. Hmm? And that warm and fuzzy kind of, you know, comfortable, protected situation, it's not going to be found within the present identification that we have with matter, with our biological and psychological self. Now, you have to do some work to be a balanced human being um, in some respects to practice spirituality, but it should be understood this is what much of what the practice um, involves. I'm not sure how we got onto that particular uh, tangent, but it's a good... I, I know why I did, but I, but, I, but I can't remember in the context of discussion exactly what, where it... Uh, it uh, it came from, but it's a good uh, good point. Um, mm-hmm. These are, of course, the Upanishadic teachings, the revelation, mm-hmm. um, the good news, if you will. Mm-hmm. The good news is that one living being is food for another. Mm-hmm. That's half the good news. It sounds bad, mm-hmm. and therefore. Stop hunting, and the result will be that you are no longer hunted. Hmm? So, physician, cure thyself. You know, give a death to this, 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 this uh, enjoying ego, if you will. Hmm? This is <laughs> what's required. So, uh, and uh, and and and. Who teaches us this is our real friend. This is what it means to have a, f- a friend. Hmm? Friends are those who tell you the truth, although it's sometimes hard for us to hear. We know we show friend is telling. Okay, hmm? so it's an important important point. And this is, of course, uh, it's a beautiful. Again, I guess I was saying it's a beautiful idea that, that bhakti it speaks about a variegated nature of transcendence different possibilities rather than a monistic still and dynamic unity, or excuse me, a static unity, a dynamic unity. It's a very attractive idea, as I've often said, which is preferable, to love to exist or to exist to love? Well, to exist to love is more preferable, sounds like a more noble, higher idea and so forth. So it's, it's easy to get people, in a sense, to identify with these basic ideas and be attracted and inspired and so forth, but then how they think about it hmm, and how they translate it, given their conditioning, is, um, is 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 another thing, and that has to be uh, addressed. And this is one of the ways that they come in within the fold of the teaching with a false expectation that expectation that they are going to they'll think about it consciously like this, but kind of unconsciously, I'm going to return to my mother's breast here and everything is going to be great and I think you brought it up the other night but Sindri well it's not always like that people in the group are not all perfect and and so on and so forth and yeah well that was part of the teaching too neither are you <laughs> so that that's to be uh, expected and 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 again we're not this or that and as much as we think we're this or that then there are going to be difficulties in your typical human problems and they occur in ashrams and and uh, similar type of missions and so as well. But it, therefore, it's very important. And this is what the guru's main business is to ground us in the teaching in a philosophy. Hmm? That you may think well, couldn't it be more than that. That's a huge thing. Hmm? If you understand it correctly, then, then you're going to land on your feet, and then you have the possibility of dancing, as I say, on, on the ground of of being, knowing, and loving. Without that, it's not possible. Hmm? So the Upanishads, this is, this is getting to the core of the revelation. And and again, although there's difference and nuances, and, and of course, the big difference that I'm highlighting between monism and, and theism, theistic Vedanta and monistic Vedanta, um, Again, besides these differences, there is unity amongst all the Vedantins, all the mystics of Hinduism, indeed all the mystics in all the religious traditions. Hmm? 
in Islam, Rumi and Christ and Christianity and the Buddha and so forth. They all have much uh, in agreement that constitutes an ego-effacing path, destroying, if you will, deconstructing the false self. It's a huge task. Now, there may be more, as I say, and different ways to do that that result in, in experiencing, obviously, the, the more or something that could be termed more positive. I mean, de- destroying a, an illusion is positive. <laughs> that's true also. So, but the, this is, there, there, there's real agreement amongst the mystics. Hmm? So, our participation in mysticism and our interest in enlightenment from an, from an Eastern or Western spiritual perspective. Hmm? There may be all kinds of people that talk about enlightenment, but I'm talking about the Jesuses, you know, the, the Rumis, the, the people that, that stand like lighthouses on the shore hmm? to show the way, to show there is land, there is land to those bobbing up and down in the ocean of material existence. Hmm? and sometimes swallowing a whole lot of water. Hmm? Sometimes, hey, look at me, I'm riding high on the wave, and then crashing down and so forth. And night comes, and day comes. And the night is tough, and then the day comes. It's good for a few minutes until the sun just bakes you in the ocean and and salty. I'm just playing out the analogy and so forth. And there, in the dark night the sea of the souls uh, um, lost at sea, there are those that stand on the shore like great luminaries, like lighthouses. They say in a word, in two words, there's three words, there's a shore, there's a shore. Hmm? The nature of the shore is variegated. Hmm? That's That's cool. But there is a shore. There are people that stand in the human history, hmm? and um, you know you can. There's many fly-by-night ideas. What is enlightenment? Hmm? What it means to be spiritual, body, mind, spirit. There's, there's all kinds of ideas out there, and it's very American, which is you know a, a prominent country in the world, uh, to to. Reinvent entrepreneurialism. You know, entrepreneurism is it, it's it's enterprise. It's a its greatest contribution of the world is packaging. Hmm. <laughs> the same things over and over again. Uh, anyway, it's a crude way of talking about it, but it, it's, it's there's some truth to it. Hmm. Um, and so, spirituality. What is the need to repackage and re-explain what spirituality is? Hmm? Just look to the pe- some of the people I've mentioned. Jesus, you like Jesus? Would that be cool? Would that be enlightened? I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, as much as you know, seemed like a pretty good guy, <laughs> pretty insightful. You know, you can take all kinds of uh, religious baggage. Out of the Bible, I never read the, read the Bible. But one day, in not so distant past, I found found some passages that came to me online. I was reading them. It was real good advice here. Hmm? Real basic. Down, if people would live like this, their lives would be they would end so many problems. Hmm? The simplicity of the solution to the problems in a complex world is such that it, 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 that it, it, it's lost on people. Hmm? It's simple to understand, but it's not easy to apply. And therefore, there's also an unwillingness to understand it. Hmm? Because, as I said, it's a, it's a difficult pill to swallow. Hmm? I am basically have this Purusha Bob that I'm the center. To one extent or another, I kind of look at the world and I read it as if how it can serve my needs. And to reverse that out, it's it's not easy. We we do it to some extent through philanthropy, philanthropy, altruism, being volunteers, 
raising kids <laughs> and and so forth but to take it to the full measure that the mystics speak about it's difficult and and they're rare people you know we could count a few of them over the course of the history but should we think it would be otherwise hmm? the truth would be popular in a world of falsity hmm? you know it won't be popular hmm? And so, and then there's the att- the attempt, I say, to, to repackage it, uh, to define the spiritual. It's well defined in the Bhagavad Gita. Hmm? Of course, you know, you, then you want to look at it in relation to modern science's findings of matter and so forth. And yeah, you can do that to some extent, but what they haven't found is the nature of consciousness. It's, it's, and this is the, what is addressed in texts like the Gita, ultimately in, 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 in all the, the, at the heart of all these uh, traditions. Hmm? Hmm. The, nature of, the nature of consciousness, the nature of being. And all of them agree that the way in which we experience it is a different way. And the reason we can't understand it in modern science is we're going about it in a different way. We're trying to understand it as if it is a thing. We're trying to understand it as if it is a thing, and it is what understands. Which things don't do. <laughs> so it's, it's, uh, uh, it's, 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 uh, it's a, uh, it's a challenge, yeah? but we have these people over the centuries and so forth, and and they stand, as they say, as luminaries, as lighthouses. They say there's a way. They, and, 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 and that's what's most important about them also. Hmm? And that's what we should look to them for. Hmm? Therefore, Rupa Goswami says, if the guru has some defect, hmm, a deformed, some de- physical deformity or something, or even psychologically, perhaps some some predilection or something, and just got their personalities and, and so forth. Gorkashore might seem like a cranky old man to some people, uh, the way he's been described, but Bhaktisiddhanta looked a little deeper and found something very extraordinary um, in him, and that wealth has been handed down to us. Mm. Um, so this is what we, we should look for. The, the, this... To the, the ability to like stand on on firm ground in the midst of where everyone's going up and down, riding the emotional waves of material life. Someone, grab onto someone like that, hmm? Hmm? and and how to grab on? Grab onto the teaching, hmm? the teaching. When I have a relationship with the guru, it's through the through the teaching. Hmm? And you become interested in the teaching, then the teacher becomes interested. Oh, hmm. it's not about me. It's about the teaching. Hmm. You understand? And if you really get the teaching, then you really do like the teacher. <laughs> because you got the teaching, and, and you've applied it. And to got, got it means you've applied it. And if you've applied it, then, well, there, there should be some result. And if you're applying and not getting any result, then you come to the teacher. And teacher says, "Well, change this. I don't want to change that." Hmm. Then, okay. Well. Hmm. It's it, it'll take some time. <laughs> it's 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 a rare attainment, but but is it worth attaining? Hmm. That's the question. And the answer is yes. You have to have that kind of um, sensibility. So all these traditions across the board, not only from the Vedanta school of Hindus, but uh, from Buddhism, as I say, from Sufism, from Christianity, and so were the Christian fathers and the desert fathers. They were like super ego killers. And uh, very uh, tapasvis they were. Very austere, so forth. Um, 
And so, you know, people like this, they gravitate to some place like the jungle in Central America, you know, make our own world, as small as it may be, something like that. Yeah. And you try to, you know, interface with the modern culture and make the presentation as best you can, and so on and so forth. It's worth 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 a try, but... But, goodness, there's a lot of... Um, this conception the world was simpler in times gone by to make the points that we're making. It's a much more complex world, so much more information people are filtering through, and at, at a very fast rate, and their ability to pay attention is 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 is, is, is limited also. Yeah. Multitasking may sound good, but it may not be good for meditation. Yeah. Yeah. So, the Upanishads, the Upanishad, what's the time? Any other question? Yes. The first time I heard you talk about that Asayana Katabra's Swati Swati you said that, oh, well, that series of verses, that clusters of verses at the beginning of the Padre's mm-hmm. um, You said that either Sutta or Shana says, your very question is the answer. And at the moment it made perfect sense. And now I think I understand it, but I thought... I'd have to look at that. Um, well, they were saying, I think what she meant is, you're very asking to hear about Krishna ultimately. We'll give you the result that is already present by the very fact that you're asking that you want to hear about him. So you know the answer. So that's what you meant. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The fact that we inquire ardently mm-hmm. with sincerity as, as they did, mm-hmm. that inquiry itself is the answer. In other words, if you have that inquiring spirit, hmm, then the answer, it connects with that. Hmm. So without the inquiring spirit, there's no answer. If there's, Therefore, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur once, um, he, they were p- publishing, this was in, in Calcutta, um, in the 1920s, early 1930s, they were publishing a daily magazine called Nadia Prakash. His students would go to the train station, Nadia Prakash, Nadia Prakash, like someone would say, New York Times, which was happening in the 50s and 40s and so forth, when the newspapers were the main source of uh, of news and so on. Of course, only men read them. But uh, <laughs> but it, it, times have changed. But at any rate, they were taking the Nadia Prakash to the train station. So one fellow um, who was... Um, I know a wealthy fellow, um, maybe even a government person, um, posed the question that how can you produce a magazine daily about God? Isn't that a little over over the top, or you know, are you, aren't you going to get run out of things to say, and so forth? And so he replied that in the different corners of the world, in the major metropolitan areas, there are one or two newspapers in each of the cities, in London and New York and Chicago and Los Angeles and so forth, and Mexico City and um, Gothenburg, where Batman lives. And, yeah. And uh, he said, and, and, and this is news about the material world, the finite world, so to speak. And so if you could have a couple of magazines in every city for every day for news about this world, then what to speak about news about that that world? Hmm? Hmm. This, this world might be compared that if, if, if Krishna was painting a picture on an easel of the spiritual world and every time he wanted to change colors there was another easel and he would just you know, clean the brush. And that's the material world over there. It's fascinating itself, no doubt, but... So he said, the only problem is we could produce a magazine every minute, but the problem is lack of customers. So, in other words, the inquiring spirit, Pariksit Marj, the main uh, character of the two, of the Bhagavatam, his very name means inquisitive or inquirer. So his ardent inquiry, his, his, his earnestness to know the truth, the translated out 
very practically into um, his um, the measure of his attention, the, the seriousness. I mean, he 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 went to the bank of the Ganges, fasted from for seven days, and and uh, listened to Sugadeva. He the point is. He listened so attentively, so ardent was his inquiry, that he didn't want to be disturbed by, by eating, hmm? and neither did he lose attention hmm? out of uh, out of hunger and so forth. So, this is the example. Hmm? So, an interest in the subject. The guru's business is to try to create interest in the subject. Then you can teach yourself. Hmm? Interest in the subject. Then you can apply yourself, and 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 uh, that's what I often say about, about about education in general. The most valuable thing you can learn in education is the value of learning, what it can do for you. You learn something, you get knowledge. Wow, it makes life easier. You don't make that mistake again, or uh, whatever may be the case. But so. If kids can learn the value of learning, <clears throat> then they will have an aptitude to learn, an appetite for it. And without an appetite, even if you have a good teacher and a good good meal, well, if you don't have an appetite. I could serve you a royal feast, and you say, "Wasn't very good. I show no interest." So to create an appetite. An appetite for bringing a comprehensive solution to the problems of uh, material life. The again, the identification with this and that. I am this or that. This is, which is the basic idea. Mm-hmm. So that's the, the business to create that that interest, that in, inquiring spirit, or to fan the spark of it. Everyone's a seeker. I mean, everyone. Brahma's the original, you know, person, if you will, and he's a seeker. You got looking at in all four directions with his foreheads. Everyone's a seeker. How far and well thought out their seeking is, and so forth, is another thing. And so the idea is just to is to hone the seeking and to fan the spark of that, and in it, it's. Prichard is the, one of the principal characters, and Sugadev is, is appearing on the scene, right, as a result of the inquiring spirit. So there was no internet or anything to let him know, but by the transcendental system of his, his, his earnest inquiry was in itself spiritual. Hmm? So like attracts like. His, his necessity for truth on an absolute level brought the speaker Sugadev into the circle, and there he spoke the Bhagavad and enlightened him hmm? on the bank of the Ganges. So that's the idea behind it, that the, the, the question is the answer. Hmm? The question, why am I? What am I? Hmm? And question it. Why am I? What am I? Am I a foot? Am I an arm? Am I the composite of these things? Am I a brain? Am I a mind? Hmm? I am, as I often say, I is the most used word in, in any language. It's the smallest one, the most used and the least understood. <laughs> I. I this, I that. What is the I? Who is making the inquiry? Who is it? What is that I? Hmm? It's mysterious. It's... Everything is based on it, but it's in the background. Hmm? And it's making all inquiries, and <laughs> it's very mysterious. Hmm? So to inquire into the nature of the self, it, everybody's doing that, right? Kids, do, I mean, they play it out in different ways. You hit an adolescence, and you try to figure out who you are, and what group to be with, how to dress, what what's cool, and... So on and so forth. It's just, it's just, it's just a vitiated form of, of the same thing. Inquiring: Why am I? What am I? 
who am I? Hmm. Vedanta is very courageous. It, it, it asks us, invites us on a very courageous adventure to take this inquiry further, take it further, take it further, take it further. Further? Further. Hmm. Then you have to go further? Yes, take it further. Hmm. And it's... Uh, it's uh, you know, there's the story of the Pandavas going to the Himalayas. And the dog fell, and Draupadi fell, and this one fell. And it kept going on. Right? Who, Yudhisthira, kept going. Arjun fell. It's, stories are in these, these texts are told differently to make different points. Shidamar used to like this point. With that kind of courage, we should go forward. I remember, I've told it before, that when I joined my guru, I, for some reason the thought came in my mind, if everybody else leaves this, I'm not leaving this. Hmm. I just don't know why that came. I thought, this is too too good to be true. This is this, this idea. I have to pursue this with my earnestness. In my whole, It's a whole life uh, commitment. Hmm. Of course, you know, it's a generous path, so we can... We don't all have to become monastics and so forth, but um, but in the context of our living situation, to commit ourselves means to make this enterprise, bhakti, in its pursuit, our our fun, so to speak. We would be really living to do. We have to get th- get through and take care of the kids, and we love them too. But there's something more. We, we're 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 more than just a mother, a father, a, uh, or, or whatever. We're we're an atma. Hmm. So, a sadhaka, a real practice. It's a glorious thing. Um, so, yeah, yeah. To inquire, so your questions are the answer. And he was so inspired by the inquiries. Hmm. The inquiries brought brought the answer. Hmm. What else? Any other question? I'm not exactly sure how to phrase it, but you know, the Hindu idea of an atma, atma-centric world where everything revolves around the atma, it kind of corresponds to Purushabhava of course I think I'm the center because everything's revolving around me. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of like, I don't know. How does that work, those two ideas? That, that oh, yes. I, that, this is the center of everything revolving around that, 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 that idea of Hinduism, and, and then that... Right. It almost seems reasonable to think that... <laughs> you know, like, even my senses, everything is... I'm the pivot, just with my material senses. And I'm also the pivot with my as I am, as consciousness. Yeah. So the point is that to see that I am, the you know the consciousness is that around which the world is going, and to I going, moving, and identify with it rather than you know the initiated form of it. That it is Purusha Bhav. I think I'm the center. Is what you're saying? Hmm? And we're saying in reality you are the center, but Purusha Bhav is a problem. But that's kind of how you're talking about it, right? Yeah. Purushabhava means unconsciously I'm thinking I'm the center. Now I'm telling you consciously to understand that you are the center. Sounds good. Hmm? But we're, we're, we're nuancing that. There's a, there's a pretty big caveat to that. That, that. And that is what? That that's not all that's in play. There's matter and there's consciousness. Hmm? Matter's moving around consciousness. That's true. But consciousness is moving around Therefore, in Sri Marsha's language, there's the objective world, there's the subject, and then there's the super-subject. Hmm? So, again, the spark and the, sp- and, and the fire. Spark is, like, a lot better than different and more, has more utility than smoke. Hmm? Smoke obscures and spark even a little bit gives some light hmm? in the night. You can 
move down the path by the light of the fireflies, perhaps, to some extent, but not by smoke. Hmm? So, 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 the, so, the, so the, the Atma gives meaning to matter, as I say. It's, it's, it's influx as a result of the kind of injection of consciousness into matter. And yes, the matter is, you are, you're more important than, than matter. Um, but you're only a spark too. And you as one individual spark are not making the whole thing go around. And that's the illusion of Purushabhav, that it's all revolving around me in particular. We say it's moving around consciousness, and consciousness as individual atmas has its own orbit around the supersubject. So just as matter becomes like a tool in our hand, we become a we become an instrument in the hand of, of the Godhead. Hmm. So there's a difference between Purushabhav where I I'm the, think myself to be the enjoyer, and I think I'm the center in that way, that's just actually not true. You are the center in another sense. Hmm? Prushabhava means I think the whole world is for my enjoyment. It's not. Hmm? But that it's revolving around you as an Atma, that's true. Hmm? But an Atma is not possessed of Prushabhava. Prushabhava is, is something that's added on to the Atma by identification with matter. Hmm. You follow? Yeah. Okay, we stop there. Shri Shri Dajukupal Ki Jai. Jai. Bhakta 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 Bhakta